Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. You know this is the Fizzle Show. Our chance to help freelancers, creators, and indie entrepreneurs by sharing the nuts and bolts of building a small business that works. Every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself, doing something that you care about. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get through. <laughs> That's great. This is the Fizzle Show. Our chance to help freelancers, creatives, and indie entrepreneurs by sharing the nuts and bolts of building a small business that works. Every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. There are four hosts on this show. Uh, your hosts are today Barrett Brooks, the head of growth here at Fizzle, Steph Crowder, rhymes with chowder, the director of member success, uh, Corbett Barr, our experienced CEO, who's done everything from venture-backed startups to blogs, bootstrap businesses, and me, Chase Wardman-Reeves, the heart and chutzpah creative director of Fizzle. Listen, in this episode... Starting an affiliate program could be a great way to increase revenue for you if you already have a product for sale. But it's not easy, and there's a lot of ways it can go horribly wrong. Not to mention the fact that this industry is notoriously sleazy. So in this episode, we share how to manage your own affiliate program, helping you think through things we've had both good and bad experiences with. I hope you enjoy it. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 116. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. We're back again. And we're back. Ready to get into some, uh, some real meat, guys? Man, meaty. So excited. Let's make it meaty. I feel. It. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna turn into a little bit. This of, one's gonna be extra special. Yeah, it was super meaty, super meaty, right? Mm. So can we just can we just start by let's clear the air saying how horrible this episode could seem from the outside because we're gonna talk about affiliate marketing today, which I think has a pretty gnarly connotation out there. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. It just sounds. It just sounds for some reason. Hey, those are those cool guys that like always take pictures of themselves with their checks and stuff, right? Right. Like, yeah. And then they tweet it out to their yes. like to their bunch of followers, and but, but they're always alone. Why are they so lonely? And for people who don't know what Chase is talking about, there are people who literally take photos of themselves holding a check for whatever they made through affiliate marketing and some obscene amount of money, yeah. and they post it all over the internet. Or they used to do that like five years ago. Um, I think some people might hear affiliate marketing and think network marketing. Maybe it's like some pyramid scheme or something. Um, so we're going to get into all that today because there are some good aspects to it. But the thing is, yeah, the thing that this can give you is it can put your product uh, on the map in a big way. It can get you to a lot of sales, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. can do that. So, yeah. so and, and it doesn't have to be... The, the, what we're talking about, what we're starting with here is, is boy, does this world re- ever suck? Right. It sucks so sucky. So yes. it can be so filthy, so gross. There's a lot of bad bad things about it. Also, it doesn't have to be. And you're going to you're going to look if you start to look for information, you're just going to get down this whole yeah, gross this whole path. world. You're going to feel bad about yourself afterwards. Cuz the nature of it is this. I actually saw this on on one of the the sites I was reading Barrett sent us some sites. Um great quote, great quote from uh, elegantthemes.com who said 
since it is much easier to sell a product than to create a product worth selling, more time and resources are spent teaching people how to best become a successful affiliate of others as opposed to starting their own program. Yeah. <laughs> right? So the 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 what he nails in the beginning, uh, he or she nails in the beginning is is the fact that it is so much easier to sell someone else's stuff than it is to make something that's worth buying, right? And that's something, that's where we sort of built Fizzle, is for the people who want to build things worth buying. Mm-hmm. We don't focus a lot on affiliate stuff. We do have a course in there from Pat Flynn who is, who's made a ton of money through affiliate stuff, you know? Um, but, but that's not been a, a focus of any of our, of our lives. Now, I remember back in the day, I sold uh, Thesis. It was a WordPress theme. I think it still is, but it certainly was. At the time, and uh, I made, you know, I made, I don't know, 500, 600, 700 bucks at one point doing that. Like, not not a whole lot. So, so let's just tell people how this works. Yeah. Because they, they yeah, might be confused already. Okay. Up. So, affiliate marketing is essentially a program that allows you as an affiliate to earn commissions for recommending someone else's product. So, the biggest example of this would be Amazon. Amazon has something called Amazon Associates. So if you have a website, you can link to a product on Amazon and use a special code that they give you. And if someone clicks on that link on your website and purchases something through Amazon, you will get a commission for that referral. So it's called affiliate marketing. You could call it referral marketing. You could call it commission-based marketing, whatever you want. Essentially, Someone is being compensated for referring a customer who purchases a product. So that's kind of basically what it is. There are two sides of this transaction. There's the product creator, and that's the person who would organize the affiliate program and give out the links that people use on their websites. Mm -hmm. Then the people who put the links on their websites, those are the people who are known as affiliates. And we're not going to go into that side, the side where you're putting the links on your website today. Yeah. Although it is something you can do, and you've probably seen the more famous examples of the Pat Flynn's of the world and others who make a lot every month through affiliate marketing. They are telling the world about other people's products and raking in thousands of dollars a month. And it is possible. But what we're going to focus on today is the opposite. So let's say you have a product and you're sitting there thinking, this is a great product, but I don't know how I'm going to get it out in the world. How I just don't know. How am I going to get people to buy my how, thing? How can how are they going to find this? And one of the ways you can do that is by recruiting other folks who have websites, who have audiences, and you compensate them for sending people your way if, you know, purchases are made. Yeah. And we do this. This is something we do on a limited basis. If you're a Fizzle member, you can refer people to Fizzle and you'll get a discount off of your Fizzle membership. We have a handful of affiliate relationships where people are sending us so many referrals that we actually pay them on a monthly basis. We have a handful of people who do a lot. And this actually accounts for, I I don't know, I was telling Barrett, I think it's like 20, 30% of our sales Hmm. come from these partnership arrangements that we have where we pay people a percentage. Which is, that's that's the thing, right? So that's 20 or 30% of of our existing membership who wouldn't be there if if we didn't start our own affiliate program at one point, right? Right. Now, uh, so thank you for that overview, yeah. uh, Professor Barr, um, Cor- uh, Corbett, uh, Barrett. I always get me- I get my phone every time I, t- I type in, you know, the beginning of Barrett. It always thinks I'm looking for for Barr, yeah, Cor- Corbett Barr. Mm, and so that's that. what my brain just did. Yep. You know, so Barrett, where do you want to take this? Okay, so 
We know that there's a ton of people online who tell you to be an affiliate for other people. And we've already gone there and said, we're not going to cover that because that's been covered in depth everywhere. So what we want to talk about is if you're a product creator, if you're building a business, how do you go about finding affiliates who will sell your product for you so that you're the person earning the money from it and in control of your own destiny, as opposed to being at the behest of someone else? So the first thing I want to talk about is what kind of businesses are good for using affiliates for selling their products or services? Hmm. Wait, good. say that again. So what kinds of businesses, what types of business owners should think about using affiliates as a marketing channel for their business? I think anything that's like conducive to being sold online. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you're selling something on, on your website right now, then that's, now this word. this happens offline as well. I mean, you could write a little code on the back of a business card and say, you know, hey, give this give this out to somebody, and if they yeah. buy if they buy and they tell me this code, then I'll I'll send you. I a mean, commission. think about any time you've heard someone say, "I'm an affiliate of." I mean, in the radio world, the same business is working there. The same, also the same business is working in in uh, distributorships of like booze and stuff like that. Where yeah. these are people who are kind of representing and it's kind of like an an independent sales force. These people yeah, don't work directly reps. for you, but they are representing their reps. product. Everybody's yeah. used to the idea of a sales rep. So this is just yeah. this is and, just like empowering other people to to be a rep for your and thing. really big companies use this model. In fact, the credit card industry uses um, affiliate marketing a lot yeah they, they pay um why do you think there's so many articles about which credit card to buy exactly you, <laughs> they they pay you know a hundred dollars or more for every referral that you send yeah um to buy a credit card so it's interesting like some big companies use this amazon as i said it's it's a big part and let's of talk about business. like what's built in the built-in crappiness about this is like i'm just i can get a hundred dollars if i get you to open up another line of credit well i'm gonna work hard to tell you this is the best card that you that you and it's not actually the best product. It's just like I'm going to sell you on this because I get a hundred bucks, and they have a better affiliate program than what might be the best one out there. But where are you learning about that one or this one or the other one on some affiliates website? That's the bummer. Is everything everything right. is bought and sold so, before it gets to so you? So what happens is because of the the financial incentive, the waters get muddied, yeah. and people start saying things that are, maybe aren't necessarily true mm -hmm. because they have the interest of you know getting a commission and. Um, that's where, you know, the FCC actually came out, um, five years ago or so and started setting some guidelines for what websites should do if they're being compensated for something. Um, and, you know, we recommend that, um, people look into that, but that they also let people know if you're hawking some product, you're, you know, selling some product that you're going to get a commission from. Make sure you tell people about that if you're doing a review or something. Yeah. And that can work to your advantage, I think. If you're clear and transparent, you say, hey, by the way, you know, um, I am, uh, if you buy this, I'll get, you know, 50 bucks or something. And I thank you very much. Yeah. And that's but something. Because that is, that, that product is short lived. That product will not last as long as your relationship with that audience could last. That's true. That's and that's where your real money maker is. That's where the best of the best out there who are probably doing, you know, the, the guys that, that that you're still like really respectable in this world. That's where like Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, all these guys are selling affiliate stuff, right? Yep. But they have a, a, a tr they have a, they feel trustworthy. You get the sense that they're not just selling you up the river. You mm -hmm. see a lot of who they are in what they're doing, and that's what's sort of that's what's making that relationship last. So longer. when but when Barrett asks what kind of businesses are you know good or should use an affiliate program, this is the kind of thing that you need to think about because put yourself on the other side of this. So you've got a product and you want to sell it, 
and you decide, hey, I would love for people to send customers my hey, way. I would I'll, love for people to send customers my way. And I'll, and I'll pay them for that. Yeah. The problem is that if you have an open affiliate program that anyone can sign up for. Anybody. You will likely get a bunch of jackasses who are going to write fake reviews about your product. They're going to post fake videos about your product. Totally. They're going to create Twitter accounts that look like they are you. Yeah. And this stuff can get out of hand. And quickly. now you're speaking from experience here. So, yeah, and we'll get, I guess we'll get into that and how you can manage that because yeah. there are ways to, to curb that. But if you're asking what kind of business should use an affiliate program, you need to ask yourself as a business owner, do I care enough about my reputation that I would feel crappy if somebody started doing this stuff, masquerading as me out there? Yeah. And if so, you know, that might color whether or not use an affiliate program. You, um, Chase, you used to sell, maybe you still do, as an affiliate, um, there were some bags that yeah. you... Yeah, rickshaw bags. I, w- I, was ma- I was starting Father Apprentice at the time. I was making all these videos, and I, I was like, it was Christmas time. I was feeling lonely and sad, and so I was like, I'm going to get myself a bag. So I'm... That's what you do as when I'm you're lonely. Yeah, as I want to do. Got myself a bag, a little rickshaw, commuter 2.0, and, uh, and I loved the bag. I thought there was all these little interesting technical things, like they had the Velcro straps, but then they had these magnetic things that just clipped right over, the, mm-hmm. that Velcroed right on, t- on top of that, yep. so it could so be silent. silent. You're like you're, you're, like you're, when you're at a conference yeah, and you're, you're like, like <laughs> you know, and also had a flat bottom. So it stood up all these things that I thought were re- remarkable. So I made a video about it, even though I didn't have an audience about bags, sent it to the company before I published it. I said, listen, this is going live next week uh, on the po- on the blog. Uh, just wanted to show it to you. So you thought you'd get a kick out of it because it was kind of funny. And they, they had a smart marketing kid at the time named Chris, who who was like, who got back in touch and said, Dude, this is amazing. I'd like to give like you 10% of every sale that you that you do. So he was already working with, like, he was like already thinking about affiliate stuff. And he yep. probably already had some. I'd love to give you 10% of anything that you sell. Okay. And then just give this code to people and they'll get free shipping on anything that they buy. Yep. Um, which I just thought was like so great. So real, so generous. And like just to give them a, a gift and then to give me yeah. a little, little skin. So on that's it. a win-win-win situation. And that's, yep. that's a great way to structure it. And I love program. those bags. I made several videos for them for a handful of bags. You sold hundreds of those bags. Yeah, I yeah. sold, I, I, there was like a lot of bags sold from that. I don't think I saw much of the money from it, but, but I mean, I saw some, yeah. but I wasn't like, it was just on the side and, and that was a lot of bags over the course of four so, or five years. So there years. you go. That's a, that's not even really an online. I mean, you purchase those online, I guess. Yeah. Although I yeah. purchased one in store, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they chose to use an affiliate program. So there's another example. Yeah. To I me, the, the, the question of who, if you, you, you can like anything can gain from having people out there with audiences that are selling your things because they're like, listen, I I've did all this work to, cause I was blogging about like, you know, hello kitty. And now I've got this huge audience about hello kitty. We're like, I got a hello kitty ebook. Right. Like it's great. It's it, cute. It's, it's like it's peanut fun. butter and jelly. It's like, it's like, why don't you, I'll give you 10% or 50% of every sale. I mean, it's a $20 book and people will love it. Right. It's a win win. That's the dream. The dream is that like, you've got, you're not just finding, you know, out there who are black hatting like like spidering out like 300 sites in a, in a moment that that all have this like content farm bs on it that are then just trying to like you know create a bunch of fake interest that people start getting sucked into and all this other black hat type stuff 
That's the worst. The yeah. best is when Maria Popova, who writes to people who are who are pursuing their own passionate creative life, and I have a book about this thing, and I collaborate with her on some sort of program to get it in front of her audience, right? Mm-hmm. Now, she obviously has a editorial backbone, so she's not just going to, like, because she's approached by people like that all the time, just like we are, Yeah, you know? Yep. So so that's that's the the challenge with this thing. All right, so question. If I'm running a service business where I'm selling my services to people, is it possible for me to use affiliates to grow my business that way? Mm, it, it, I mean, anything's possible, right? Well, have but you I seen think, examples of that being done where you're, that's a question, where yeah. people are offering uh, deals for affiliates to sell their services or to recommend their services in exchange for a referral fee? It's it's entirely possible. The The thing is that um, you would have to, so if this is an online business, you have to have a way of tracking the referrals. And so yeah. in Chase's example, um, when he's on video saying, Hey, I love this bag. And if you guys want to check it out, use this code X, Y, Z to get free shipping. Then that becomes the link that, you know, attributes the sale to him. Yeah. Because people have an incentive to go type in that code because they're going to get but something. But you could be selling a package of services on your website, and that that has a, a thing. So you could totally do that. Yeah. Um, uh, the the hard part with with that is always like, okay, I'm buying this now, but I haven't scheduled it yet because we have to work our calendars out together, and mm-hmm. it's like, that's always a little bit of a challenge to to have that kind of those questions before a big sale like yeah. that. Um, but to, to answer your question, I'd say it's totally doable, Barrett. Um, it, it's just a matter of like, okay, who it's like, say you're a professional organizer, right? I'm a professional organizer. I'm a consultant. I've been doing this for 15 years. There's a big site out there about, you know, DIY organization and all this other stuff. Yep. And in the sidebar, you can, you can work with something out with them where it's like, let's do an affiliate sort of deal where, yep. where you can sell in you know, two hours, of my coaching time at a discounted rate and you'll get, you know, 20% of that. Cause they're essentially a sales rep. That, that's right. how that, that works yeah. in that situation. There's no reason that would be any different from a regular affiliate relationship. Yeah. I think if, if the business is entirely offline, like a yoga studio and you can't purchase online, yeah. you have to go in, then um, you might say, Hey, use this code yeah. when you sign up at the studio mm-hmm. and they'll give you, you know, some special discount. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's more about, kind of the technical aspect of being able to track it and correctly report out so that you're paying people what they're owed and that so that is, you're not getting yeah. gypped. Yeah, that right. is the real big rub here. Okay, By the way, cool. Steph, Steph, are you are you hearing any of this? I am hearing all of this. And is it just like, is it just exciting? I almost said titillating, but I didn't because I know about the female perspective on entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, good, good call. No, I think it's good. I think, you know, the one, number one thing that's standing out to me and in particular your story, Chase, about, yeah. you know, selling bags. What I love and what I often love in people who are utilizing affiliate programs is you fell in love with this bag and you legitimately liked using it. So you decided you were going to share it because you just wanted other people to know about it. And the company saw the authenticity. By the way, don't you just love the way that that sounds? I think it says a lot about me. You know what I mean? I just love this bag. I couldn't help but make these videos. Ah, Oh my God. That's, I just love it. That's what an affiliate relationship just works so well. You don't have to do your whole video right now. We just link to it. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. I I just couldn't help but hear what I what I must sound like. Do you know you know what I mean though? Like I don't know if you guys can think of other examples of people like this, but I'm thinking in particular about you know somebody that I know on Facebook, somebody I grew up with, and I've totally lost touch with. But she has fallen in love with I think one of the fitness related. um, She's an affiliate for something fitness related where Mm -hmm. they have videos and different things like that. And you know I'm probably not interested in the actual product that she's an affiliate for, um, but 
the, the passion with which she talks about it, I always stop to read her post on Facebook. And that's kind of yeah. remarkable. And I think it has to do with she fell in love with that program and now she wants to tell other people about it. So I think that, you know, if you are going about going out there to create an affiliate program, you want to try to recruit people who personally, maybe this is just my take. I think you'd be the ideal state is it's people who've actually used your product or service right. and they genuinely like what you're doing. Cause I do think that that comes through to the end user. I think it's very yeah. apparent when people have actually used it and enjoy it, or they're just kind of trying to make a buck. So totally. it's important to remember that people are sensitive to that. Yep. Absolutely. I'm very, I'm very sensitive. Yeah. And you can, and this is where your BS meter comes into play, right? Yeah. You can always tell when somebody's pitching something that they probably haven't used and they're just saying it because they hope that you'll click through and it doesn't work. Yeah. And know? now it's there's like, other cells like, like Pat makes, Pat Flynn makes a grip load of money selling Bluehost, right? Bluehost is just a run of the mill web host for WordPress and a handful of other things, right? Yep. Now that's just a commodity. Bluehost mm -hmm. is like is like a different brand and than Sunkissed oranges. It's mediocre. Yeah, it's just it's just a commodity. It's like you're never going to have an orange that's going to change your life. You're not going to work with a web host that's going to change your life unless you you're going up and unless you need to get up there. But we all got to start somewhere. That's why that makes so much sense is to sell WordPress or Dream or, or Bluehost or Dreamhost or any of these ones that everybody yep. was selling for forever, right? Yep. And Bluehost has a huge affiliate program. They actually pay out really well. That's why, now arguably, that's why they got so big yep. is because they just took, hey, listen, for every first $100 that we get, let's just pay that directly to the people who are representing us and selling us out there. Yeah. Then we'll win stuff off the back end. Um, if they stick around, now the owners, it's, it's, it, they have to keep the customers around, right? Which yeah. in hosting, it's not now, too difficult. Now, one thing um, that uh, might, inform this question of which businesses should use an affiliate program in the case of web hosting it's just become like the industry norm that everybody has an affiliate program but yeah. it also became an arms race for who would offer the biggest bounty yeah and so it might affect your ability to run a profitable affiliate program you know if you're just getting started or you're like cheaper than the rest you might have a hard time yeah. paying out that hundred bucks per sale or whatever and still making enough especially if you don't collect on that hundred bucks yeah. for you know X months totally. or whatever. And luckily, I mean, but you're right. You're right. So like, one of the things to look at here is just are, are you my competitors are using you, an affiliate exactly. program? And is your rate competitive? Yeah. Right. And and is it gracious? Because what you need to realize is that actually it, your relationship with your salespeople. It's like I don't know if you've worked in a startup world uh, or any sort of technology firm or something like that, where you've got the engineers you know, back there, sort of like, like in their caves, right. You know, working on things and you just throw a stake in every now and again. And, <laughs> and then, and every once in a while they all get, you know, they, they meet around the Toss table with jolt you. cola. <laughs> exactly. But they're just like, they hate marketing. They hate sales. Right. Mm -hmm. But they don't have a job without marketing or sales at the same mm -hmm. time. And yeah. this is a dynamic that you all get used to when you're, when you're in that, when you're living in that world. Right. Um, and, and in some ways, what, we're, what you're doing with an affiliate program is you're hiring a sales department without presenting any upfront costs. Yep. And so that person is, is, is out there as like a freelance salesperson. Um, now, I like that a hell of a lot less than the what I call kind of like joint venture deals, where you're like, listen... I've got a book on on you know this particular creative tool. You have an audience for designers that use this kind of tool. How can we work together? Because I think I can make this something you're really proud to promote. 
Yeah. Right. And that is the question. Like, how can I make this something that you're really proud to promote? Mm-hmm. That is the, that's the, and that's the kind of product I want to make. That's the kind of product I want to make. That's the, that's what's going to get you the good affiliates that are going to do this thing really well. Like one of the things that, that becomes very clear is it's incredibly easy to set up an affiliate program. Like you can set up, I will, we'll link to a handful of these services that you can do. Share a sale, iDev affiliates, all these things. You can sign up, they go on their website. You'll see the comparisons between them. Some of them cost more up front and less on the back end. Some of them cost less up front and more on the back end, whatever. It's really easy to set it up. It's really, really hard to make it a successful program because you have to have something that's worth selling, which that is still the big nut. Well, and you have to find the affiliates. Then you have to find the affiliates, but it's not just finding them. It's then convincing them that they should promote your product instead of someone else's product and Mm -hmm. in some probably similar niche or, or stuff like that. Right. So that's where it's like, this is to take on something like this is actually, it's a job. It's a job. Now we lucked out in doing our program for fizzle because a lot of these people that, that are naturally promoting Fizzle have become really close friends of ours, right? We've gotten to know these people and see and, and know their families and, and know about their the things that are going on in their lives. Like we care about one another. So it's kind of nice that the juice passes both ways on a business and a personal level that way. But at the same time, so if we were starting all over from scratch, like that'd be tough. And if we had a bunch of, if we were just approaching people, like trying to get affiliates to promote our thing, it, I think it'd be really easy for us to come off sounding like a, like a, just a run of the mill, sort of douchey yeah. web program. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. That's one of the lists that I wrote down here is, is I'll go through real quick. How does this affiliate stuff go wrong? Like what's going to, like one quite one little project management tip is uh, just ask yourself like when this goes wrong, why will it have gone wrong? Right. <laughs> so like why will your affiliate program have gone wrong yeah. eventually? And uh, a couple of reasons, what we mentioned, uh, your brand suffers and people start to assume that you're just crap, right? Yep. That, that you, oh, oh yeah, start a blog that matters. I, I, saw, I saw his Twitter account out there. He just, there's a lot of BS that he's saying. What Twitter account? That Corbett's normally saying good stuff. He's like, oh my God, this isn't even Corbett's account. That's like Corbett Bar 2. Yeah. Like, what, what do you, like, that's not, yeah. so your brand can totally suffer. All right. Number two, as I just mentioned, there's still so much work that you have to do to make this thing work right. Right. It's not, it's not like a plug into one of these affiliate programs and now it's selling like a gangbusters. You, yeah. know, you can't just list your product on ClickBank and then all of a sudden you're making money. Right. You know, most affiliates are going to have needs. They're going to have questions about what is this thing? How totally. do I promote it? They're going to want a complimentary account. To and that's check once it out. you found them. That's once, once yeah. you found them. It's right. hard to find them. And then finally for me, three, there's this chance that like, and, and this real chance that they actually start ranking higher than you. And when people are searching for your product. Yeah. So um, this weekend I was looking for deck stain. So I, we built a fence and we we're going to stain this fence. Yeah. And so I get online and I'm like, you know, what, what's a good fence stain oh, to yeah. use? And so I, I find a site that has a bunch of reviews and they seemed legit. There were a lot of different stains recommended there. And then I found a couple that I wanted. And so I, I start going, uh, TPW stain, Portland, Oregon, you know, yeah. I'm like, where can I buy this? Yeah. Um, or just TPW stain. I'm trying to find a number or a, a website to, and you would not believe how many dozens or hundreds of fake sites are out there wow. that are trying to get you to buy from them because I guess they're authorized distributors or maybe they have some weird affiliate scheme going or something. Yeah. But I'm just thinking to myself, how sad is this? Because the company, you know, it's like some like 
old ass family business somewhere yeah. where the owner has no idea about anything online yeah. and they had some hotshot marketing kid who came in and said, you know, we should do this like affiliate partnership thing. <laughs> and so they decided to set it up and they didn't realize that that thing you were just talking about where people are going to start ranking higher than you. I couldn't tell which one was the official site Yeah, um, because there were just so there many just out hundreds, there yeah. and there were these SEO scammers out there who were trying to cuz the people cut in. people who are you know who listen a lot of people who are signed up and desiring to to make money as affiliates are doing so because it's cuz they're good at SEO stuff <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah. like that's the skill they got really really good at right and and they're going to beat you and so they figured out that like people are searching for dextane and, and there's some way for me to make a buck on yeah, it you know yeah um, obviously they don't care about Dextane. Yeah. Much. Well, I care a great deal. Yeah. And so do you. You look very tan, by the way, Corbett. You look Thanks. like you might have had spilled some Dextane. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. out there in the hot sun for a couple of days. <laughs> so Barrett, what, what do we need to answer next on this? All right. So we, what I get out of that is pretty much any business can work for affiliate, like for having affiliates selling your thing. The yeah. key from all of that that I took away is you have to have a way to track it so that you both know people are actually sending people uh, customers to you and so that you can pay those affiliates what they're due from sending people to you. Yes. And there are a lot of risks with this stuff because you lose a lot of control over your brand when you allow affiliates to represent you. You so can bring, lose. You, you can. can. Right, right, right. So that brings up my next question, which is when you're thinking about starting an affiliate program, so let's say I've decided to do it. There's this big question of, should I have an open affiliate program or should I have a closed affiliate program? An open program being, I make it public, I let people sign up on their own, and they can start promoting me immediately. A closed program being, it's either application or it's only for people who you ask to be your affiliate. So what have been y'all's experience with both open and closed affiliate programs, and which one do you think is generally better? Or in what cases is one or the other better? So I've run affiliate programs for a, a few different um, things that we've done. In fact, I think everything that I've sold in the past five years or so, I've had an affiliate program for. Mm. So um, Start a Blog That Matters was one that you brought up. SABTM. Another one was called uh, Traffic School and now with Fizzle. And in the case of Start a Blog That Matters, I decided to try something a little different. Mm. Um, I had always done, you know, a a custom closed affiliate program. Yeah. And for start a blog that matters, I decided screw it. Let's see what happens if we open this thing up and just um, let anyone who wants to represent it make sales. And so I decided to use to tap into an existing network. So as Chase was saying earlier, like one of the big problems you're going to have is how do I find affiliates? Well, there are a handful of places out there where affiliates gather and um, there are directories that your, your product, could be represented in. So one of these is called ClickBank. And ClickBank is sort of um, part of the old school, sort of borderline shady part of the internet. Lots of shady stuff. Also, probably some things that aren't shady. There's probably a few things <laughs> probably, that aren't. Yeah. I, I and know. there are a few like really well-known um, products on there, like um, maybe like a six-minute abs kind of thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, those like big well-known products that you've probably seen all over the internet, some of those are represented on something like ClickBank. So the way ClickBank works is as a product seller, you can um, sell through ClickBank, which means the checkout page that you use to get paid through would be um, hosted at ClickBank. And ClickBank has a network of affiliates, thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are registered with ClickBank who go look through the directory to see 
what kind of product should I could I sell? Yeah. And so they're they're searching on um, different, um, you know, they're they're looking at topic, and then they're looking at these measures that ClickBank has to let people know how popular um, products are and how well they're selling. They have these terms like gravity and stuff. So you know, as a product seller, you can sell your product through ClickBank. That means you get access to a network of affiliates who might want to sell your product. And, you know, you're thinking, well, yeah, maybe I could have hundreds or thousands of people selling my product if it's really good. Yeah. So I did this with Start a Blog That Matters. The downside is ClickBank um, has a checkout page that you're forced to use, which I don't think is necessarily the best in the world. They also charge something like 9% of each sale. They're, you know, basically processing credit cards for you, but also they're charging overhead because they're managing this whole affiliate thing. Mm. The upside of that is that they pay affiliates for you. So you don't have to have a relationship directly with your affiliates. Basically, ClickBank does all of the tracking and then they pay you um, whatever you're owed and then they pay the affiliates directly. So it's kind of nice and clean that way. You don't have to worry about paying your affiliates because that's another piece of this puzzle. Like you have to actually send people checks every month um, with a lot of the different programs. But in the end, what I found was out of the hundreds of people, actually maybe over a thousand affiliates signed up to sell my thing, only maybe three or 4% of those affiliates ever made a single sale. And there ended up being 10 or 15 affiliates who accounted for the majority of sales. And I knew eight out of 10 of those people to begin with. So these relationships happened because I reached out to them, not because they found me through the ClickBank directory. So you know, in aggregate, maybe 20% of the, the total sales volume came from people that I, I didn't know to begin with. So yep. there was some benefit to it, but it was at the expense of a fake Twitter account like Chase was talking about, um, a bunch of like fake reviews posted on YouTube and um, just, you know, sort of crappy stuff that might happen to your brand and might confuse customers. And so in the end, I, you know, if I had to do it over again and I did, we did with Fizzle, um, I would go with a closed program where you're just seeking people out and inviting them directly, or you have an application process where, you know, maybe there's a link to your affiliate program, but somebody has to apply. And then you get to ask them some questions about what they're going to do, or you get to go look at examples of what they've done before to decide um, first, you know, if they, if you think they're going to be a good representative of your brand. Done. So I guess my follow-up question to that is, can you imagine situations where having an open affiliate program would not lead to your brand being damaged? Um, I think that, yes, if the network was curated, right? So you could imagine you might participate in an affiliate network where the affiliates are vetted in some way. Um, that would be interesting to me. Um, or if just the the place that people are going to get your affiliate information isn't um, isn't attracting the wrong kind of people to begin with. So ClickBank just has a reputation and it attracts a certain crowd. If there was an affiliate network where... There's another one called Commission Junction, yeah, which, which is a really big it's one. It's a little better. Yeah. And it's always had that reputation of... Being a of, little... And I guess it's now called CJ Affiliate. CJ, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know you might tap into a better network. That's possible. If that's what you're asking, Barrett. Right. Well, or I guess it's possible to have an open program without even being registered with an affiliate network, right? That's true as well. You could host your own program, but you could have it open so that anyone who finds your thing. 
And that's more like um, what happened with me for something like traffic school. You know, I would have a link that said, you know, affiliates. And so people who knew me or came across my product and who might have known what an affiliate program was could find it. And so in that way, it was more, it was open, but it wasn't, you know, out there in this like sleazy underbelly of the internet. So, so open, but more um, curated because it was just about. So wait, you were talking about a sleazy underbelly, but then you said open, butt. Mm, I don't know. Which do you want to go with? (laughs) Sleazy under open, butt. Okay. (laughs) Is that doable? It's fine. Listen, I mean, I can't, I can't help but derail this towards, towards the whole point that we're talking about here is, is what's more important than an affiliate program, quote unquote, is finding the places where your product fits yeah right the audiences the people who want who desperately need what you have to sell right, right. who are, who are, who are good at uh, who who are building the, the, a thing in their life and they need your ebook or or course or or gadget or gizmo or whatever it is that you make your thing to help them get to where they want to go and the question is where are those people and how do I get in front of them in a meaningful way? Yeah. Right? So so that's where it's like, if you think that, you know, signing up on ClickBank or Commission Junction or or doing that, like, maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe you're leaving money on the table by not doing that. But I know you're leaving money on the table if there's audiences out there that are collecting, that are collected around certain, you know, whatever, entrepreneurs, people who are bloggers or podcasters, and you're not there. You're leaving money on the table, right? Yeah, and, and I guess you could look at, like, MailChimp, who seems to advertise on, like, every podcast on the planet, yeah. and say, you know, they in a way are doing advertising and affiliate marketing are very related. Yeah. It's just that with affiliate marketing, you're paying people directly for a portion of sales that they uh, send you. Yeah. And you're only paying once the sales are made. So with advertising, it's more speculative because you're saying, okay, I think this is worth $5,000 for this spot we're going to do on your podcast. Yeah. But I have no idea how many people you're going to sell me and I'm going to pay you up front. So yeah. if you have deeper pockets, you know, maybe advertising makes more sense. I don't know. Affiliate marketing takes or some if you of have the, a bigger vision. Affiliate marketing allows you as a product owner to do advertising with yeah. less risk because you're only paying for sales that come in. Yeah, absolutely. What else, Barrett? What else you got for us? Come on, bring right. on the heat, so, pal. Bring it we on. We talked about what types of businesses might be good for this. We talked about open or closed. Now I want to talk about... Um, Let's say you're going to do a closed program, okay? So you're not going to make it open. Open has a couple of options, right? You can go out there and you can sign up for one of these affiliate networks. So that's truly open and you're promoting it as a thing that you want a lot of people to sign up to be your affiliate. The other version of open is it's on your site, but it's not on an affiliate network and you're opening it up to your audience or people who already know about you. Maybe that's a little bit of a safer route and it's less likely to damage your brand. Maybe not. You don't know. It all depends on the types of people you attract. So then there's this third option of having a closed program, which is to say it's not public, not just anyone can sign up, and it's up to you to invite the right people to become your affiliates, which is what we're doing at Fizzle right now with our affiliate program. So what are the advantages of having a closed program and what kind of people are you looking for when you're doing that? Good people. Good people, yeah. Um, so this, to me, is a lot like the question you would ask about which podcast would I love to be a guest on or which blogs would I like to write a guest post for? Yeah. So you're looking for um, big audiences with engaged audiences and um, some affinity or overlap with the thing that you're talking about. So yeah. 
you know, you could find a big audience out there that doesn't care at all about your topic, and that's not going to be a good fit, even though it's a sizable audience. You could find a big audience out there that's not engaged at all, and that could be a bad choice as well. Like, I hear people all the time like, oh, I have a spot coming up on Forbes.com, you know, it's going to change my life. And then they find out, no, because people read Forbes, but they don't click on anything. They don't care about, they're not engaged there. Um, But, you know, you could find a slightly smaller audience where people are just gangbusters for the person who's organized that community and the topics really well aligned. And so if you got a guest spot on there or you're a guest um, on their podcast or they mentioned your product as an affiliate, all of those things are going to lead to really nice results yeah. for you. And all of these, though, all of these are, are more more excuses and reasons why you should focus on building something small and meaningful for a, 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 sub, a small subset of the population, right? Because... Uh, you you wanna you wanna advertise like like if you wanna be if if you're like some big commodity type thing. I remember when Marin on WTF used to advertise for man grates, right? They're these cast iron grates that go on in your in your. It's a great example in your grill, yeah. right? It's a it's just like okay, it's just a commodity for anybody, and you're like, well, okay, are you guys ready to sizzle up some steak? Wow, did you know that your grill top could be so much better? Oh my God, I never do. Now back to my and, interview with President Obama, <laughs> and they. Never Never, they never. They, he he said explicitly that they never like sold anything. Yeah, and so that's an example of the the product creator probably loves Mark Maron. But dude, if he got on, if he got on on, uh, oh, no, that was just that was just like I think some silly. Maybe maybe it does. Maybe it does. But. Probably did. And 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 Maron was probably talking about he has a a, a sponsorship opportunity. Totally. But and what so, he needed to be on was freaking divers drainers draining in a dive with 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 my man exactly Guy Fieri. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's an audience that would go like, oh, babe, do you see that? Do you see? That's cast iron grills, baby. Yep. Woo! We're going to get one. You know, it makes so much sense. But now now keep in mind that the if you're advertising again, you have a lot of risk. If you're doing an yeah. affiliate program, then in that case, the um, the greats people would have lost nothing. Yeah. Mark Maron would have wasted a bunch of time because he wouldn't have gotten paid for that. Yeah. Because his audience doesn't care about man greats. Yeah. Um, but because it's an advertising relationship, it's different. Maron doesn't care. He doesn't care as long as his audience isn't going to be money. bothered by it. And then it. He, he is choosing who 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 reads there. You know, that's another thing. That's what a lot of podcast owners are doing now. Is they're is they're focusing on who is it that I'm representing here? Like, where is it a good fit for my audience? Is it a product that I'm interested in? At least that's what I've always been like, yeah. right? Um, and in some ways, I can't help but feel like this idea of affiliate marketing is just is just old. I, I don't. I it feels like it is it is no longer going to be a thing. So like, that was like, my next question: Is like, is it going to die? No, it's not going to die. It's not going to die. I mean, it's, gonna, I thought, it's, it's like it's like saying that the, the cocaine market's going to die. Well, it's like saying saying sales is going to die. I'd love yeah. to hear um, from Steph on this, but my impression is somebody at some point figured, oh, I I made this tool out of a rock. I'm going to try to sell it to someone else, like yeah. ten thousand years ago. And then as soon as somebody figured that out, um, the affiliate model happened right after that. It must have been the next logical <laughs> assumption. Like, hey, by the way, like. I'm tired of selling this thing. If you sell it for me, I'll pay you, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then boom, this the sales third-party sales model is born or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. So I, I think it'll go on forever. It, but but I do find that I do find a lot more uh, I mean, what are the companies that you pay attention to and that you have a long-term relationship with? Uh the, what are the who are the authors that you have a long-term relationship with, right? And like the places that you're finding your information and things like that. It's like think like you don't you don't 
You're not buying Apple on a lot of other people's sites. You're not buying. And then some, another, another way, though, like we're all a, a part of this affiliate relationship anytime we shop at a supermarket, right? Because in some ways, it's like the supermarket's Pat Flynn and the, you know, the, the Lara bar or whatever yeah. that I'm buying is, is totally, some but affiliate The difference is that Whole Foods doesn't send me a week of emails to get me to buy this thing that's only open for sale for 24 hours, which is some yeah. false constraint that someone put on this thing. So like, yeah, I might buy a Laura bar and I might do it because it's on sale at Whole Foods this week, but I'm not doing it because they're harassing me across every blog that I've ever read <laughs> and beating me across the head with their offer for their product that I don't want. I love how pissed you got about, <laughs> there was this one, there was this one, uh, uh, I think it was like, something i can't remember but they they were they was just going buck wild with all the bloggers promoting this one thing and barrett would just keep getting emails from people that he like really admired just hawking this yeah, this thing and the same just, thing just getting just so pissed off worse and worse barrett's and like oh god darn it, man butterscotch sugar snaps <laughs> Well, and yeah. here's the deal. Okay. So like here, this will be my little diatribe for the week. It pisses me off when I choose to, I don't choose to follow anyone anymore. Cause, and honestly, I think that was a big part of it because I still followed a few people who I truly respect. And I think their writing is halfway decent. And then they send me these seven emails in a row. That's the same series going out to every email list. Who's an affiliate for this one damn product. And what I realized is that no one's being creative. No one gives a damn about the partnerships they're building. And they're all just trying to make their next buck. And if that's how cheap your audience is to you, then you don't deserve me to be your, on your email list. And you shouldn't count on 1% of me to buy the damn thing you're going to sell me. It's so, stupid and it pisses me off. There's no reason why we can't do better. There's no reason why we can't come up with better ways to sell products together with partners and keep affiliate marketing alive. But I do think it needs to die in the form that it exists today because the internet is going to grow up. And as the majority of people come online and get used to buying things online, the more tricksters and hackers and bull that exist trying to sell things that don't matter, the less likely people are going to be to trust the people who need to be trusted. And that makes me angry. <laughs> drop the mic. The, Just drop the mic and really walk away. Feel. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, listen, I know you guys did a lot of work with some affiliate marketing, but Beyonce had the album of the year. <laughs> yeah. But, but look, I mean, it, this isn't going to die because you, you don't get so pissed at Budweiser anymore for them being on every Super Bowl and every sporting event and, you know, th everything you watch is like brought to you by Budweiser and blah, blah, blah. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're buying access to every audience they possibly can. Mm. Now, yes, people cross the line and they get really pushy with affiliate marketing, I guess, because they can push the information to you because they have your email address because yep. you decided to give it to them. And then they break that trust by selling you something really hard. So there are better ways to do it, but it's not going to go away. But at the yeah. same time, that's good. That that hard sales stuff is getting somebody to move on a decision in their life that they've been waiting on for forever, and it pissed off. It pissed off a couple of us uh, of others, but like then you know, fourteen of these people over here have been waiting to buy this thing for forever and just never got around to and it. And, and, and now they have a reason to. And now they're like, now nah, I'm really going to try it. This is this is my year. I'm really I'm really pumped for it. And it's no different than so. Let's say you were using like the whole foods example and you know, Laura bar doesn't sl like send emails to us or whole foods doesn't whatever, but 
sometimes you go to the the supermarket and uh, like, let's say like there's a hard cider company that's there doing a demo. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you buy today, like we have it on half price or something, that's the exact same thing. It's just that I'm not getting emails from my, my supermarket and every other supermarket. But what Barrett, what what you did preface that that a little bit of that rant was, was, was like, and that's how I've stopped following people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that's the, that's the, that's that's the rub. That's the bummer is that like, there's good people that lost your respect, uh, because they, they acted really poorly. Um, and they didn't, they, they didn't like the words you said, they they didn't give a damn and they they weren't creative. That's what really drives me on this too, Barrett. I I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Because I know there's a way that we can you can you can get your thing in front of the people who need that thing and you can be creative now obviously you have to build something that someone might actually need right and yeah. it starts there and i think that's that is the point i'm trying to make is i think today with the level of transparency we transparency we have online and offline i don't think you have to trick people into buying things that are of high quality if you've made a good product and you inform people about that product, and you give them a clear call to action to buy that product at a given time, I don't have a problem with any of that. I don't have a problem with you telling me to buy your thing that you want me to know about because it's new. That's not a problem. It is a problem when every single affiliate is doing the exact same thing because that's the template emails that a the person with the product sent out. And good for the person with the product because that's the most efficient thing they can do. And maybe they tried to create one high quality thing that they spread across all their affiliates. But if you have a product, all I'm saying is, if you want to build unique connections with other people's audiences, put in the time and effort to tailor your thing to that audience and not try and trick them into buying it. I like it. Yeah, I'm for it. Do it, people. Do it. Yeah, don't don't be... And you know, I, all this stuff is going to come back and bite me in the ass. Cause at the end of the day, we're, we have to do this stuff too. And so there's going to come a day where I'm going to regret saying that because it's going to be way easier to write one email series than to write 10. But the right thing to do is to write the 10 to appeal to the audience that you're talking to. Yeah. And, and we don't have to, I mean, it's, you can, you can choose to play this game or not, and it's totally up to you. And if you do choose to play the game, then we hope that you create your own rules and you um, think about how it's going to feel on the other side of the the email when um, potential customers who are signed up on lists for all these different affiliates you're using are then receiving you know the same message that you wrote like five times. They're going to not only think ill of the affiliate, they're going to think ill of the product as well. And this is something that I, I've seen firsthand some backlash from. There was a, a product series from a few years ago that um, a friend, uh, a couple of friends, actually, Adam Baker um, put together with Carl Gaida. Actually, these were two guys that were in my mastermind group. They put together this thing that was based on the, remember there were these Mac sales? Yeah, uh, yeah or, I remember Or that. whatever. Um, Mac Heist, I think it was yeah, called. Yeah, Mac Heist. So there were these flash sales. And, and Groupon, actually, Steph, um, was, you know, did something similar for a long time. And, and maybe she can give us some commentary from the other side of the fence. But... Um, the idea was basically, let's get a bundle of stuff together. Um, Mac Heist did this all the time with Mac software. And our friends with Only72 decided to do the same thing. Let's get a bunch of stuff together. These are like info products that we think go together well around a certain theme. Bundle them up, sell them for like a 90% discount on what they usually get. And um, we'll 
we'll pay affiliates and we'll pay the product creators and we'll keep half of it and everybody wins. And it's a 72 hour thing. So there's this high pressure to buy and it's really cheap compared to what it normally is. So they made, they sold a lot, you know, they would sell multiple six figures in Mm -hmm. one sale. Um, And so the first time around, it was all fun. The second time around, so many people heard that this was like a feeding frenzy. It kind of was, it was like feeding sharks, you know? Um, It was like we were chumming the waters. Shark week. So so many people heard that this was a feeding frenzy that they decided to start promoting it on their own blogs as well. And this this thing happened that Barrett's talking about where everybody is pushing this thing in the same three days to the same audience, essentially, just yeah. it overlaps differently. And um, we started to get blowback. And I think you were around for one of those, Chase, weren't you? Yeah, when, I was. When we, we talked about that because um, people started writing us like, thanks a lot, you know, I'm tired of all the emails and it's clear that you're just pushing this thing to make a bunch of money or whatever um and i remember thinking oh that was a horrible experience i'm never going to do that again and then somehow the next year greed got to me and i did it again (laughs) i Um, think well i only was around for one probably for the last one after i had already kicked myself for doing it so um and it it didn't end up being any better i think well we, we were just really we just wrote a blog post about it i think yeah and we just wrote like one blog post or whatever but even still some people will associate you with this whole yeah gnarly thing that's going on so it it does pay to to think about it and and I think um, the bottom line is if you're going to use affiliates to you should tailor the experience to each audience and that's that's the dream right to give value to each audience that yeah. you're reaching out to and to try to make it so that they're experiencing something that they'll never see anywhere else yeah. you know if you have the time and and if you care enough yeah totally Steph I, I'm I'm dying to hear some 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 of this up for for us. What what have you heard over there? And give us some give us some parting words. Well, I have a bit of a response, I think, to one of Barrett's questions, which is, could this thing die? Slash, is this thing dying? And my take on that is, I think inauthentic- inauthenticity is the thing that could kill any affiliate marketing. You know, and that's what I think got Barrett and all of us so riled up is that fake feeling that you get when somebody's just being disingenuous. It just doesn't feel good. However, as long as people are buying things and liking them or trying things and having a good experience, then sales will exist and affiliate marketing can exist. Because if you break this thing down into something that's a little bit more positive, all it really is, is people giving their recommendations. At least that's how it should be, right? It should be people saying, I tried this thing and it was great. I tried Fizzle and it was, you know, huge for my business. And I think that you should try it too. So if you are listening and you're hoping to someday create an affiliate program for something that you do, you know, I would say, if you're going to reach out, I love Corbett's suggestion about, you know, think about the podcasts that have audience that have audiences that your product or service could serve. Um, but when you approach those people, please, please try to form a relationship with them first. I think that's a big sales. I'll put my sales hat on for a second since that is my background. When people reach out without any basis or any relationship and they just say, hey, I know you don't know me, but I have this thing called Fizzle and I think you'd really like it. So will you be an affiliate? If you're on the receiving end of that, that just feels terrible. And also, if you have an audience built up, you probably have a hundred other things to do. So from a trust perspective, you want to make sure that you have that relationship built. And if you get somebody to try your product and they like it, then perhaps approach them about you know being an affiliate and incentivizing them to promote it. So mm. those are kind of some of my big takeaways from a sales perspective. I think the bottom line is, and Barrett pointed, pointed this part out, be creative and also be genuine and be authentic, which can be hard when you're trying to make money online. I 
totally get that. But my experience in sales is the minute people feel like they're being sold to, like that feeling sucks. Anytime you, you it's like you get this like lizard brain or something that uh, this alarm bell that goes goes off in the back of your head that says, I'm being sold to right now and I don't like this feeling and I, I need to run away from it. So if you can yeah. make it about trust and about conversation and value, that's really when this thing I think can work from my perspective. Wow, I like that. Bar- Barrett, any closing words? No, I, I shared my uh, my little diatribe for the day. I mean, I think, listen, affiliate marketing is a valid marketing channel, especially for the kinds of businesses of our customers. I think it can be done well, just like podcast adver- advertising can be done well, and it can be done lazily. And when you hear good advertisements on shows like Startup, I at least appreciate them. I listen to them and I think they're interesting because they're tailored for the audience. I think affiliate marketing is the same way. And if you're going to get into the game, especially today, I think the bar has been raised on what it takes to do it well. And I think that if you want to build a longstanding business that you believe in and that you want to run long-term, you should take the right approach to affiliate marketing just like everything else in your business. So that's how I would wrap it up. Wow. I mean, how I don't have anything else to add to that. No, it's been it's been fun. I think um, we weren't sure like how exciting this conversation would be, but I've enjoyed it. You have, yeah. <laughs> you have a lot to share on this one. You've, you've <laughs> lived this. You've lived this life. Yeah, I think it's easy to dismiss this as like a oh, you know, it's yeah. it's a simple topic, or oh, I don't need to worry about it. But the fact is, like, this is one of our biggest channels, um, and I think we do an okay job with it. I don't think people are out there feeling like. God, those fizzle guys are really shoving this down our throat. Yeah. Um, you know, we could do a better job with it, I'm sure. And there are a lot of opportunities yeah. there, but I think it's worth paying attention to because anything that can account for 20% or more of your sales um, should be on your radar for sure. Yeah, I believe you. I, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Brooks. I've been Steph Crowder. And we will see you there or we'll see you on another time. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that everybody would go, see you on another time. Let's try see that, okay? And we'll see you there, or we'll see, see you on another time. time. <laughs> that was way more fun than I thought it'd be. <laughs> so there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 116. That's 116. We're going to find all sorts of links to affiliate software and plugins, as well as the conversation about this episode. And I am curious, what do you think? Will affiliate stuff, like, will this die out? Will this whole world just die out? Or will it, like, I don't know, will it rise like a phoenix from the ashes? I think it's, I think it's going to die out. Tell me what you think. Fizzleshow.co slash 116. Here's an iTunes review from Brian Egan uh, in the U.S. who says... I've been listening to The Fizzle Show since episode number one came out, which means I have listened to Chase ask me to leave an iTunes review 114 times. So here you go, Chase. Good commitment. (laughs) I love that. Thanks, Brian. I love... uh, If there's any of you else out there who have listened to me tell you, please leave us a review on iTunes 114 or 16 times now and haven't yet, maybe maybe it's time to to add your voice voice there. (laughs) Our goal here, you know, is to help you make progress on your business every single week. And if you leave us an iTunes review, I mean this, it really helps us. It helps us get into the, to, the, to the ear holes and, and the hearts of, of other entrepreneurs who are putting their butt on the line to build something. So if you could leave us a review, it means the world to us. Simply go to iTunes, open up the store, search for Fizzle, 
click on the three uh, white white men's faces. I need to change that. I gotta change that. I gotta add stuff to that. Just click on what it looks like right now, the Fizzle Show, and click write a review. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. Listen, here's my benediction for you, not for an easy or gentle or cloudless life, but for a heart fully awake and eyes alight with direction, potential, and joy. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>